Hello, mummers. Laura here, and today we are chatting about how to best manage the realities of a hospital system and create a beautiful birth environment once you get to hospital. Enjoy! Hey, mama, I'm sending you wonderful pregnancy vibes. It's time for you to guide you through. Let's take some time for you. It's pregnancy with physio Laura. Hello, mamas, and welcome back to the Pregnancy with Physio Laura podcast. Today, we're kicking off with the second episode in our Ask the Midwife series, chatting about all the ways you can create a beautiful birth environment within the hospital system. So we'll chat about the realities of bed flow and shared rooms within a public hospital system and the things to consider, such as dim lighting, drawing the blinds, asking for privacy to help you transition into a beautiful birth space once you do arrive at hospital. This is episode two of a six-part Ask the Midwife series with the amazing Beth Ryan, our resident midwife, childbirth educator, and soon to be mama. You can find out more about Beth and check out her incredibly informative Instagram account by visiting at birth with Beth. And if you missed it, make sure you go back and listen to episode one in this series, where we chat about the importance of stimulating the labor hormone oxytocin and laboring at home for as long as possible. Now, there is so much amazing content coming up in this Ask the Midwife series. So if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to the Pregnancy with Physio Laura podcast. In this Ask the Midwife series, we'll be covering questions to ask your care provider to make sure you are fully informed, how to respectfully navigate birth interventions that may be presented to you, the things to consider when setting up a postpartum support plan and the practical steps you should take to make sure you're not overwhelmed after birth, questions to ask and preferences to know about when it comes to C-section birth, inductions and vaginal examinations and the pros and cons of both and so much more. Now we also have a bonus episode exclusively available to members inside the Pregnancy Posse where Beth gives us her top three essential items to pack in your hospital bag, ways in which your partner can best support you during birth, managing a posterior labor and the lowdown on epidurals. Now this entire podcast series and all our other podcast series along with our exclusive member only bonus content is all live right now inside the Pregnancy Posse. So if you'd love to access all the bonus content and listen to or watch this entire podcast series right now rather than patiently waiting for future episodes to come out then please do go check out the Pregnancy Posse. I've gone and taken my years of experience helping pregnant and postnatal women as a women's health physiotherapist and made this accessible to every woman online inside the Pregnancy Posse. So when you join the Pregnancy Posse, I will guide you week by week through your pregnancy with safe weekly workouts tailored to your specific week of pregnancy. I also do a weekly Q&A session where I answer all of the amazing questions from our Posse members. And there is a wonderful community forum where Posse members all support each other along with an extensive resources library, which will help you avoid Googling every symptom under the sun. Now, I would love to help you have a healthy, active, pain-free pregnancy. So just head over to thepregnancyposse.com to see what the Pregnancy Posse is all about and to trial it for seven days. Now, let's get into episode two of our six-part Ask the Midwife series. You're going to love this practical episode on the things that you can do to create a beautiful birth environment once you arrive at hospital. Enjoy. We've laid a bit at home. We're feeling safe. We're getting to that regular contraction phase. Now we're coming to the hospital because we were quite confident we were in early, like active labor. Sorry. Yeah. 
So can you talk to us about, you mentioned briefly before, but could you talk to us about how a woman could try and set up that hospital room so that they have that promotion of oxytocin? So you mentioned like dark lights. Can you can you mm. go through that list um, again, like really flesh that yeah, out? Yeah, definitely. So the number one thing is dim lighting. So dim lighting is wonderful for your oxytocin. It, you know, hospitals have those if you've ever been in a hospital before, they're quite bright, they're built into the roof and they're kind of like that bluey white tinge, which is quite alarming for you. You're like, or even me on a night shift or something, I'm like, turn the lights off. Um, so dim light and go and grab some some LED candles from, from your local Kmart or your local $2 shop. They are wonderful at giving off a soft ambient glow that can mm. just immediately make you feel safe. The second thing is privacy. So doctors and midwives are shocking at it. We leave the doors open. We'll just trot in and out and, you know, <laughs> you can hear the midwives at the desk. Not helpful for your labour at all. So that can be something that your partner's um, in charge of is just kind of gently protecting the space. And you don't need to be like, can you shut the door, please? You can just kind of gently go over and close the door so that it's like a nice protected space. Um, drawing the blinds. So sometimes even if even if you know mentally that no one can see in, so perhaps it's a high rise and, and you've got just no one that can, can look across into your window, just closing off that little space and creating a bit of a nest and, mm. and making sure that you feel safe in that space. Um, not feeling pressure to get on the bed. So most birth suites are quite large and you can use the floor space. You can use the bed as a bench to lean on. So those hospital beds are wonderful. They, they're electronic and they come right up to almost like your nipple height. Um, do that so that you've got a bench to lean on and, and lean over and take your weight explore other options for working with the floor so is there a fit ball is there maybe a mat that you want to lean on in the floor in the corner I love setting women up on the mat like I'll get like a bean bag and a sheet and just like put them in the corner and get the led lights out and I'm like this is so cozy you're like can I join you <laughs> literally I'm like I'm just gonna kneel on the floor next to you um but yeah, just creating any kind of space that feels cozy. And then um, you can absolutely use music. Music can be such a great tool for relaxation. And if you are listening to sort of mindfulness or meditation or hypnobirthing style tracks, then you can also just pop your headphones in if you're really feeling like you want to just kind of go inwards. Um, and then, yeah, I've said music, aromatherapy. So lots of hospitals have diffusers, but if they don't... Um, or if you just want to make sure that you've got one on you, just go to Kmart. There, I think there's one there for like $12 at the moment. It doesn't have to be snazzy, um, but it can be lovely. And clary sage and lavender um, are such a beautiful um, tool to relax. And, you know, there hasn't been widespread studies, but midwives say that clary sage can help with um, uterine contractions. So, um, and then I think just having a conversation with your care pro like so your midwife I'll always try to say so guys what's your plan what are your goals like what do you want to is there anything you really really want me to do for you is there anything you really want to avoid and I'll try and catch them before they get back into their little space just to mm. kind of get some context I can write a note for the midwife who's coming on after me potentially so we don't have to keep repeating ourselves and you mm. can say look I've done X, Y, Z at home. That's really working for me, but I'd love some guidance or, you know, 
my plan is to have an epidural and you can be quite honest about that and just say I'm happy for now but can I feel you know can I just ask for an epidural when I want one and we'll go yeah of course you can so I think yeah those are my main tips for creating a safe space for your brain to go yeah okay we can meet our baby today love that so much I think that's really lovely I think just knowing what what you can manipulate within that environment to make sure it feels really comfortable and safe and that was going to be my next question when someone comes into the labor what do you call it the birth suite um yeah when someone comes into the birth suite would you normally sort of direct them as to what they could try or do you tend to just get feedback from them what's working for you at home how can we recreate this in the environment do you find a lot of women are pretty aware of what they need or are they looking for guidance on like helpful positions help for activities that they can do Mm, i find that there's a huge huge spectrum um so you've kind of got and it's just true to our personalities right we're all different we all approach life differently you've kind of got some women and, and families who were like, let's just wing it. Let's just see what happens on the day. And I find that they come in feeling really quite unsure of what to do, where to go next. Midwives, read the, read the room. We're wonderful at reading the room. It's our, our primary job is to go, right, does this person need me to jump in and say, hey, let's get, get the ball out. Have you considered using the shower? It looks like you're feeling those in your back. Can I offer you a, a heat pack? Mm. That kind of thing and feel reassured that your midwife can do that for you. Mm. Um, and then you've got all the way up to, you know, people who come in and they are so clear about what they're, they're doing and their partner has practically kind of stepped into that role and they're doing the guidance about mm. what to try next. And it's very clear that they have a toolkit as you know, for lack of a better word, of, of strategies that they can continue to call on. And in those cases, my job is more just to make sure that um, they're safe, that I'm facilitating that. So if they want to get in the shower, making sure that they're, they're set up in the shower and it's less about kind of guiding them. So I think it's such a big spectrum, but I would definitely encourage people to have some idea of what they want to do mm. um, so that you can advocate for what you want mm. um, and not kind of just get like, snowball it can snowball quite quickly you know if you come in and you're feeling out of control Mm. and someone utters the word epidural and even if you'd kind of in the back of your mind been like I don't really want to try an epidural first off the bat in that moment when you're feeling really unsure and you don't know what else to call on yeah you're probably going to say yes please Mm. um and then when the you know the dust settles you you're sort of like oh we didn't even try the shower or we didn't Mm. even I didn't really walk around the room or Mm. someone said the gas was really great and Okay, you know, so I think having a little bit of a plan is good, but also trusting that the midwives will guide you. Absolutely. I think that's the answer to that question. Yeah, no, I think that was the perfect (laughs) answer. And look, I think knowledge is power. So like you said, some people's personalities are going to be more wingy at style. Mm. But I think for most things in life, we at least prepare a little bit, don't we? Like we wouldn't walk into a job interview or an exam or anything like that with no prior knowledge. I think even if you just think I've got three things in my toolkit, I'm going to give them a Mm. crack. And it doesn't Mm. have to be 20. It doesn't have to be a birth plan that's set out in stone. Like there is something about being fluid and surrendering and being open to different options but I think just preparation I think is is very important um when it comes to birth so I I think that was the best long answer that you could have given (laughs) (laughs) say that you think it's really important and like 
achieves positive outcomes when the partner is on board with all of this. So like you were saying before, it's really great when like the partner can come in and start mm-hmm. setting things up. And because I imagine for a woman, if you're the only one who knows what's in your toolkit and knows what you want to do, you have to kind of get into that cortical brain to get into the birth suite and go, okay, right, well, I want to set this up and do that. Whereas I imagine if your partner just sort of helps you do that, you can then sit a bit more like in that primal body. Would you agree? Absolutely. Absolutely. So there's really, really good evidence to show that um, support from a continuous um, support person, known support person in labour is associated with um, a reduction in intervention. And this is because exactly what you just said, you, when you're in labour, are not meant to be using your thinking brain. You're meant to be tapping into a place that's really, really primal and really inward and really, because oxytocin as well as giving you the contractions, it gives you this beautiful break. That is what's so special about labour. It's not like any other pain you've ever experienced before. It gives you time to catch your breath and it gives you time to reset. And if in that time you're communicating with your care provider, you're anticipating what's going to come next, you're trying to set yourself up into a new position, like you're not really getting a break, are you? You're not letting your shoulders drop. You're not letting your pelvic floor relax. You're trying to manage the space and manage your labour. The other thing that I think, and there's probably less research on this, but I find that fear and anxiety is contagious. And just like you need the knowledge to feel powerful in your labour and your birth and your body's ability to do so, your partner needs to believe or whoever's supporting you needs to also believe that because the minute they start to go, oh, my gosh, this is really intense, oh, my goodness, I've never seen you like this, can we get some help in here? And it just escalates. And, of course, when you're feeling vulnerable and you're feeling, um, you know, you're experiencing something you've never experienced before, if the person you love most in the world is looking like they're, they're frightened and, and concerned for you, it's going to be really hard not to take that on. Mm. So I think that there's so, so much to be said about partners really, really coming to the table. Um, and it's so great, like most do and most are just phenomenal and I'm like good on you like this is the first labor you've ever been in and I can see that you're shaken but you're really stepping up and you're trying Mm. to be as positive and I I talk about um in my classes the value of strength-based communication so while it's really tempting when you're with your partner who is laboring and working so hard and you know how fatigued she is to go oh my god you poor thing I wish I could tap in for you it's not really, the only way out is, is through. So yeah. it's not really going to do much. It's better to go, I am so proud of you. You are amazing. I can't wait to meet our baby and just continue that positivity. And I think that that is such a powerful tool. And that is why we see less intervention because we are, you know, we have someone that we love constantly telling us, you can do this, you can do this, mm. and I'm here for you and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. I love that. I don't know why, but I was getting like a little bit. Yeah, I know. (laughs) It's so beautiful to watch, truly. It's so, so special and an unexpected part when I became a midwife. And it's so bizarre. Like I never even considered dads or fatherhood or anything in my studies. But watching men become dads and the way that they support their Mm. partners or just not just men, but anyone, anyone is, who's a support person and can and is really there for somebody in labour is magic. Like mm. it is 
so phenomenal. And also I think what happens sometimes is if you have not prepared yourself, your partner ends up support. Like if you're a support person, you're listening to this and you think, oh, it's not really my thing. You know, I'm just there to, you know, I'll do whatever she wants me to do. That's a really common um, approach is like, oh, yeah, I'll do, I'll obviously be supportive, but I can't really do much. Mm. What can happen is, is that people end up looking after you and it takes a bit of the focus because we end up really having to reassure you and, and explain to you every little detail of the process and then your partner's going you know, baby, you should go get out get a coffee or you should eat something. And it kind of switches the dynamic a little bit. So the more prepared you can feel and the safer you can feel, the more we can just like pour so much love and support onto the, the birthing person. Mm, I love that. I want you to be my birth support person. <laughs> <laughs> Call me anytime. That's so nice. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to know just on like a lighter note, have you ever or have you had many birth partners who have fainted or that you've had to attend to because they're not coping very well (laughs) oh my gosh quite a few oh really Um, yeah (laughs) yeah so I think again I have we can we could talk for days I've got so many stories (laughs) but I think there's so there's some people who you know not for lack of trying the poor things they just had an unexpected you know they became overwhelmed or they saw something that they weren't prepared for and that they just felt really dizzy and yes I've had that before and um if if you feel or if you know your partner is someone who gets a bit squeamish or just a little bit overwhelmed make sure that like don't be a hero sit down because the reason being I'll let you in on a secret if they hit the floor they've got to go to emergency that's most hospitals policy because once you hit your head it's a duty of care thing so it's (laughs) <laughs> so, so do not be the guy that's like I'm fine I'm fine I'm fine yep. I'm fine just sit down yeah just yep. like sit down have a sip of water put your head between your legs and then you can stay and we can accommodate you know how you're feeling um but yeah there's been so many different and then I think something that like can happen as well and it's natural and it's okay to an extent is that when you're feeling worried or stressed you can get angry Mm. and it's less common but it does happen even with people who they will come up to me after and say Beth I'm really sorry like I feel like I was really rude to you and I'll be like look you were but it's okay because you're stressed and the last thing you want to be in the birth suite is the angry support Mm. person and yeah like I said we don't blame you it's often because you are feeling really concerned but that concern is is birthed out of not knowing what's going on and a lack of preparation and and a lack of trust in um, the process. Mm. So I think, yeah, there's so much that could be said there, but definitely. I love that. (laughs) Um, And like you said, I think preparation is key with that really, isn't it? Like even I remember I showed my husband a birthing video, like a full frontal birthing video, and Mm -hmm. he was really shocked by it. But I was like, you need to see this because how are you going to cope if you've never seen this, if all you've seen is Hollywood? And that's not at all what it may look like. And so I forced him to watch that. I'm not saying everyone should do that, but I was like, at least you have an understanding of how a baby will look and crown and how a mother might sound and all these things. And I, I don't know, my husband must have put up like a real, 
he was great. I never sensed fear from him, but I ended up having a cesarean section and he can't even watch MasterChef without getting like funny if they're Aww. cutting with a knife. So God help him in the oh, surgery. Yes. But he never showed that, which was great. Um, but I do think preparation is key. So yes, definitely like bringing your partners to your birth classes, bringing yeah. to all the things you're reading and doing for yourself. I think it's just as important for them to be reading. So yeah, I definitely. love that. Great advice. Hey mamas, Laura here. I hope you're feeling confident and clear on the things that you can now do to create a beautiful environment once you arrive at hospital. As Beth says, for many women, their labor may slow down once they arrive as their primal body is assessing whether this is a safe place to birth or not. So to speed up this process and get back into that beautiful oxytocin flow, the tips Beth shares about creating a beautiful environment are just so important. And I also love how she touches on the importance of the partner support and education and how they are there to support and encourage but not pity the birthing woman. I think that's really important. Now, if you'd like to learn more from Beth, you can find her on Instagram at birthwithbeth. And I would love to hear from you over on my socials at PhysioLaura and let me know whether you learned anything new from this episode today. In the next few episodes of this Ask the Midwife series, we'll be chatting with Beth about questions to ask your care provider to make sure you are fully informed, how to respectfully navigate birth interventions that may be presented to you, the things to consider when setting up the ultimate postpartum support plan, and any practical steps you should take to make sure that you're not overwhelmed after birth, questions to ask and things to know about when it comes to C-section birth, inductions and vaginal examinations, and so much more. And if you haven't already, just subscribe to the Pregnancy with Physio Laura podcast so you don't miss any of our upcoming episodes in this wonderful series. Now, if you love today's episode and you want to watch the next four episodes in this Ask the Midwife series, you can find this entire series along with all our other podcast series live right now inside the Pregnancy Posse. So for most series of the podcast, remember we do record exclusive bonus content for Pregnancy Posse members only. And in the bonus content for this Ask the Midwife series, Beth talks us through her top three essential items to pack in your hospital bag, ways in which your partner can best support you during birth, managing a posterior labor and the lowdown on epidurals. Inside the Pregnancy Posse, you'll also find weekly guided pregnancy workouts and extensive resources library on things like birth preparation, pelvic floor exercises, managing pelvic pain, plus a wonderful community forum and weekly Q&A sessions with me. And I would love to help you have a wonderful pregnancy, birth and postnatal experience. So just visit thepregnancyposse.com to see what the Pregnancy Posse is all about and to trial it for seven days. I will catch you soon for episode three in this six-part Ask the Midwife series where we'll be chatting about how to respectfully ask questions and make sure you are fully informed and also how to navigate interventions that may be thrown your way. And I think this is a really important topic and one that Beth navigates so well. So until then, Mama, sending you wonderful pregnancy vibes and enjoy the incredible journey that is pregnancy.